Welcome to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast with Darren Mitchell. If you're a sales letter looking to take your leadership to a whole new level, then this is the podcast for you. We'll be exploring tips, techniques, and strategies to help you take your leadership to the exceptional level and allow you to enjoy more money, more meaning, and better sales results. G'day and welcome back to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. Darren Mitchell here on a beautiful Tuesday, the 2nd of February 2021. And I trust wherever you are in the world, you've had a great start to the week and looking forward to a, a massive week in sales. Hey, in today's episode, of, uh, I want to talk about this, um, this thing called confidence and competence. And it's often a question I'm asked, whether it be in workshops or certainly clients ask me this all the time. And so well, what comes first? Is it confidence? Or is it competence? Now, it's uh, it's almost like chicken and the egg. And when it comes to hiring, one of the first things that uh, I used to look for when I was bringing on salespeople into the sales team was I was looking for confidence. I was looking for attitude. So uh, many, many sales leaders, unfortunately, make the mistake and still make the mistake today of using skill set or using past performance as a key leading indicator of this person's competence and therefore their likely uh, suitability for a particular role. Uh, not enough sales leaders, even today, based on all the science that's available, are still not spending enough time on attitude or levels of confidence and, I guess, characteristics like that. Uh, and it's a bit of a mistake because I, my, my firm belief, belief is that if we can hire better people or people based on attitude first, we're going to get better people, uh, potentially because uh, it means that, okay, they might have a skill set they've demonstrated, they might have a history of some level of performance, but it doesn't have to be the be-all and the end-all because skill set, as we know, and competency can be developed over time, but it's quite difficult to teach and coach attitude, much, much easier to to develop a skill and on a podcast last year I actually referred to this as an example because I was I brought on a, a salesperson many years ago and this particular person didn't have a history of of I guess performance in sales really hadn't been in sales before but what she did have was she had a teachable attitude and she had a level of confidence so there was a lot of things in her background and what she'd done in her career up until that time that pointed to me to say, you know what, this person has a great attitude, she's very teachable, she's has, she has an eager uh, ap- attitude to learn and an aptitude to learn and desire to learn. And so she became a very, very teachable individual. So what it meant, it was I was, I was able to teach her, uh, show her the ropes, develop her skill set to the point where her competence level went through the roof. And she ended up becoming one of the one of the better salespeople and has gone on now is a is a leader in a large organization here in Australia. So doing a really, really good job. So one of the things that I want to talk about today is this thing called confidence and competence. And we talk about it as a confidence competence loop. Now it's fair to say that in, in sales leadership, we talk about this specifically around the sales leadership role. Confidence and competence plays a huge role in whether you reach the ultimate level of success. Now, we've already talked about success being a journey and blah, blah, right? But if you're if you're thinking about the reaching the ultimate level of what your company is looking for in terms of success, the minimum requirement is going to be making your target. And hopefully, what you're looking at is blowing, blowing your target out of the water. So in order to get that, there has to be a certain level of competence, i.e. skill set, but also a level of confidence in order for you to be able to get there. And the thing to realize is, as we've talked about this a lot, your team is always looking at you. They're constantly looking at you for guidance. They're looking at you for direction. They're also looking at you for inspiration. So it stands to reason then that as a leader, you've got to exude confidence. Now, 
But what if you lack confidence? And I've dealt with a lot of people over the years and I've got a lot of clients now that are not necessarily as confident as they would like to be. And sometimes they make the mistake of comparing themselves to somebody else uh, and comparing themselves to people that are in the same industry or in sometimes, sometimes in some cases, the same business, but they're further ahead than they are. And so they make this comparison game and apply that game and, and it's it's not good for their confidence because all of a sudden you compare yourself to somebody who's been in the role and is delivering a huge number of um, uh, outcomes, positive outcomes, may have a bigger track record, has been doing it longer for you. It's easy to look at that particular person and say, oh my God, if only I was like then, I'm, I'm not, I'm almost, I'm not as worthy. I'm not worthy to be in this in this person's presence. And this is what tends to happen. Because when we play the comparison game, it actually has a potentially a detrimental impact on our confidence levels because essentially what we're saying is I'm not I'm not as good as that person. I don't I don't have the level of performance similar to that person. That person is so much further in front of me and for some that can actually have a huge dent in terms of their confidence levels. And so one of the first things to think about around all this is to not compare yourself to anybody else. Now we've already talked about this as well but it's it's a dangerous game that you can play if you compare yourself to somebody else and therefore start to think about where you're positioned against that particular individual. Uh, it's a dangerous game to play because that doesn't do any good for your level of confidence, but also to, can potentially also affect your ability to take the necessary steps to move forward. One of the things to do uh, in relation to if you're going to be making any comparisons whatsoever, it's to look for, okay, what are the things that this person is actually doing? What are the strategies? What are the tactics? How do they think? How do they act? How do they behave, etc.? And start to model what they do because once you do that and you work out what makes them successful, then if you do the right thing, you can actually duplicate that level of success. Now, there has to be time in order for implementing that, but this is where confidence comes from because you're developing a model of excellence and you're developing some competence and some habits through following what that model does. So as I say to my clients and also to people in workshops, if you're going to do any comparisons, you only do the comparison based on trying to identify the key strategies that a model of excellence uses and then starting to duplicate that and replicate that so you can compare yourself to the model's behavior, not to the model themselves. But here's the question. What if you lack confidence? What if no matter what you do, you simply lack confidence? How do you create it? Um, now, many people say, and you might have heard you know, numerous gurus out there oh, saying, oh, just fake it till you make it. Well, no, that, that's not what you do, right? The very reference to the term fake presupposes that it's not genuine. So whatever you do, do not fake it. Just don't do that. What you can do, though, and one of the best pieces of advice I ever received around confidence is this, and that is act as if you are confident. Now, this is where modeling becomes really important. So you look at people who are actually confident, who you believe exude confidence, and you watch what they do. Because what this will do is it will affect and impact your physiology. So all of a sudden, your back's going to be straighter. There's going to be a purpose in your step. Your shoulder's going to be back. Your head's going to be up. And then you take action. So there's a massive difference. And some of you might be sitting there thinking and listening, saying, well, hang on. What's the difference between acting as if you're confident and faking it? Isn't it the same thing? Well, no, it's not. Faking it is faking it because it's not genuine. Acting as if is actually looking for very specific signals and strategies and observational behaviors and saying, okay, that person exudes confidence. How are they showing that? And if I do the same thing, then it stands to reason that my physiology will change. And from a psychological point of view, what will start to happen is my level of confidence will start to rise. Because here's the thing, guys, your body automatically knows how to position itself 
in relation to an emotion that it's feeling. And confidence is an emotion. And you can manufacture confidence. Now, if you manufacture that by manipulating your body in a certain way, you can act as if you are confident. And here's the next key part. Once you've got that, you then take action, right? Because action is the, the key to making progress. And as we talked about yesterday, making progress, there's magic in making progress, right? It's not it's not getting things right, it's getting things going. So if you or your sales team needs to make a really important phone call, you need to do a presentation, you need to pitch to a customer, you need to send a, a really important email and maybe a challenging email or have a challenging conversation, you need to be making sure that your, your physiology is in the right position in order for your psychology to match that and give yourself every opportunity of having a confident conversation or sending a confident email, making a confident pitch, etc. And here's the thing, you don't have to wait. And this is what a lot of people make the mistake around. They, they almost wait until they feel confident before they do something. And it's, the, it's around about the wrong way. You don't wait to be confident to do something. You do something and through the process of doing something, it creates confidence. So it's the action which generates a level of experience. And the more experience you generate, you develop a thing called wisdom. And through that wisdom, you have confidence. Now, does that mean you get it right first time? Absolutely not. But through the constant repetition, it also breaks down resistance. So the more times you do something, the more familiar you become with it. And naturally, your level of confidence starts to rise, particularly when you start to get some feedback on what's working and what's not working. And so here's where the confidence and competence loop comes into it. And they are so interlinked, it's not funny. So the more you take action in the right areas, and we've got to be really clear in here is that if you're taking action in the wrong areas, you're just going to develop a bad habit. It's just like the golfer who has a, a terrible slice on their on their driver on their, each shot they take, that if they continue to practice and practice and practice and practice and practice, they might get confidence in terms of being able to hit the ball, but their level of competence won't improve because they'll continue to hit the ball to the right, which is a massive slice. It's about honing in on what are the right areas, what are the right strategies, what are the right tactics, what are the right behaviors, and the more you take action around those, what it hap- what happens is the more you will develop a level of competence. Now, uh, I often talk about this in the four levels of adult learning, where on level three, you're developing a higher level of what we call conscious competence, right? You're developing a skill set, which is very you're very conscious of, and it's something you might be specifically working on. Now, the more you develop that, the more you develop a habit, uh, the more the confidence that around that develops to the point where you'll get to a stage where your level of confidence is so high, you don't even have to think about the level of competence because it now becomes automatic. You're now on autopilot. And so the confidence grows, and as the confidence grows, the more competence is developed. Now, interestingly, the higher the level of competence that's developed or skill set, the higher the level of confidence grows. So it's a cycle. Now, of course, what we're talking about here is positive uh, positive habits, positive levels of competence. But equally, this, this applies in the negative side. Not that we really, we really want to highlight that, but uh, it stands to reason that the same thing can apply around lacking confidence and low levels of competence. So if you're not really good at something and you're trying something and it doesn't work, then chances are without good feedback, without good coaching, without somebody there to to guide you and help you improve, then your level of confidence potentially takes a hit and that can be a cycle as well. So around this, it's really important, certainly as sales leaders, to make sure that we're focused in with our team in the right areas, not just on developing a skill set, but honing in also, and more specifically, I think, is where we need to focus more of our time on developing a level of confidence 
for our team, giving them the encouragement to take some steps forward, giving them the encouragement to, to take a step and fail. In fact, encouraging them to fail. And some of the conversations may well be asking them upon their reflection of you know a call, a, a, a week, a situation, a pitch, whatever the case might be, asking them what the feedback was and what the biggest mistake was for the week. For many people, that's going to be a challenging question because it's not often that we start thinking about what's our biggest failure for the week or the biggest mistake that we've made. But we need to understand that the only way we can grow to develop and get us, get outside of our comfort zone and expand our comfort zone is through growth. And the only way through growth is to make mistakes, fall down, get the knees charred a little bit, get them grazed, and then pick ourselves up, dust ourselves off, and get moving again. And this is where confidence comes into it and competence. So continue to develop the skill set but having the confidence to step forward regardless of what's being happened. Learn from the mistakes implement something different, and then develop a higher level of confidence. So it's all it's all habit. But all of this, of course, starts with a decision to do something followed by action. And it reminds me of the little, little saying, little story where there were four frogs sitting on a log and three of them decided to jump into the river or jump into the pond and how many were left. And when I asked that question of many people, they say, oh, well, there was one left. And I was sort of, no, Three decided to jump in, but it doesn't actually say as to whether they actually jumped in or not. So it's one thing to make a decision. It's another thing entirely to follow that decision by action. And this is what separates the exceptional leaders, exceptional teams, exceptional performers from everybody else. And understand this, the more we do this and the the tighter the confidence and competence loop become. So I trust that message helps. Uh, It's something that that should be of value to your sales team, particularly if you've got people in your team who are struggling a little bit in around uh, habits and competence, and maybe there's a confidence gap as well you can actually help plug. But I guarantee if you can start focusing on confidence first uh, and helping them develop their level of confidence, increasing that and encouraging them to take steps, they will, through that process, because their higher level of confidence is starting to develop, they'll, through practice, start to break down resistance and also start to increase their level of competence and skill set. Uh, and it's really important that you as a sales leader are there to support them, to guide them, to pick them up and encourage them to keep moving forward. So trust that message helps. And of course, if you'd like to work one-on-one, jump on my calendar. Let's work one-on-one together and help you take your sales leadership to that exceptional level in the next 90 days or less. Simply go to my calendar, leadwithdarren.com, pick a time. And if you're ready to go, let's jump on a call and start working together ASAP. So once again, thank you for plugging into the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. Really appreciate you listening in. I trust that it's continuing to add value to you in your leadership journey, but also paying it forward to your team and helping them develop the results that ultimately over time become sustainable and exceptional. So until next time, continue to push the envelope, continue to work on your level of confidence and through that your level of competence and jump outside of your comfort zone and really start to embrace change and embrace opportunities that are presented in front of you. And I look forward to talking to you on the very next episode of the Exceptional Sales Leader Podcast. All the best. Thank you for listening to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. I trust the information in this episode has been helpful in your journey towards becoming exceptional. And remember, please take the time to rate the show, subscribe to the show so other people can find it. But also, if I can help you, jump on my calendar, go to leadwithdarren.com and let's have a conversation about how I can help you along your journey to being exceptional.